This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Today is December 5th, Monday, and this is the first day of the new transfer portal window cycle that the NCAA has instituted uh, this year. It opens today. It is going to be open for 45 days. We'll discuss more uh, the transfer portal uh, in the second half of the show after the break. First half of the show, we do have some high school recruiting news to tend to with commitments. Um, Before we get into that, um, Gabby, I want to just kind of celebrate a little milestone, I guess, for the podcast. We are closing in on a million downloads for the year. Whoa. Kind of a cool, even number, meaningless mark, you know. Um, but that's cool. And, uh, you know, with that in mind, I'd like to once again bring to the table, if anyone out there wants to sponsor the podcast, um, we'd be all ears. My vision, Gabby, and I'll just put it out there because YOLO. My vision would be like four sponsors, like $250 each. So we got a ton of listeners. I'm sure we have a lot of business owners. If anyone wants to support the podcast and put their business out there for a decent niche podcast, um, slide into Gabby's DMs or email me at lake.david at gmail.com. All right, so let's get into the recruiting news that happened over the weekend, Gabby. Miami picking up a couple of commitments. Let's go in chronological order, um, starting with Saturday's news of three-star linebacker Marcellius Pullum giving his pledge to the Hurricanes. He is out of the state of Georgia, Sandy Creek High School in Tyrone, Georgia, committed to Miami over Auburn, Louisville, Mississippi State, and Georgia Tech. Gabby, this one was kind of happening, um, you know, 
behind the scenes, I think is fair to say. Tell us how this all came together because it was it's kind of a name that was new to a lot of Miami fans. Yeah, it feels like this happened really fast. And it, it, Marcellus Pulliam, he has been on campus before. I believe he visited in June uh, or sometime around that, you know, in, in that time frame. Uh, and again, this is when Miami was kind of looking for linebackers. Obviously, they went on a run where they were able to land Malik Bryan or Raul Aguirre. Uh, Bobby Washington has been in the folds for, for a while. And again, they're definitely looking to increase, you know, add the size six foot three, 215 pounds. So I think that was a name that they're always kind of keeping warm. Um, never really got, never got him down for a visit during the fall or anything like that. And honestly, I do think that this was kind of a last minute decision. And, uh, you know, from what I understand, there was kind of a, an internal conversation about, you know, just kind of rolling the dice on the size and, and, and the speed. Obviously, I don't think Pulliam was a top, top target at linebacker for Miami throughout the course of the process. I think if he was, he would have been a name that more fans would have been familiar with. Uh, a name that I definitely would have heard at other points of the cycle. Uh, really, it was just kind of like a decision that they made kind of a couple of days before when it was time for him to make a decision. And I think he called Miami and asked if, uh, you know, it would be all right if that's where he was headed. So, um, yeah, I think the 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 staff kind of just decided to, to move forward with him, decided to, you know, take his commitment. And uh, that's how kind of things got rolling here pretty quickly. And really, it felt like the 11th hour, uh, you know, he had been to Mississippi State this fall for an official visit. I think he had been to Louisville as well. Um, I think he, I think Auburn, uh, uh, maybe pre-Hugh uh, Freeze, Brian Harson uh, era Auburn was very involved too. Um, and Miami was ultimately a school that was able to kind of just win out there. So um, I think that was it was an interesting development kind of happened quickly. And uh, yeah, you know, again, I, I'm a fan of the size of the of the frame, the athleticism. And again, I think it needs to look a certain way at linebacker. I think that's the feeling in Coral Gables as well. And uh, that's why taking someone like Marcellus Pulliam uh, as a potential fourth linebacker or even fifth, if uh, you know they were able, if they're able to close out on Stanquan Clark uh, over the course of the rest of the cycle, is a is a pretty big deal. Yeah, the way I view this is, you know, I think it's I think it's pretty clear to Miami fans, anyone who follows the program right now, linebacker is a deficient position group. Um, you know, really, in my opinion. When I look at the roster, I only really like Wesley Besaint at that linebacker position. I, I do like Chase Smith, but he's coming back from a what appears to be a pretty significant lower right. extremity injury. You know, we saw him in a brace and on crutches here in the fall. Um, so really, I think this is a situation where Miami's throwing numbers at a problem. Um you mentioned four commitments. Uh, Pulliam now joins Malik Bryant, Raul Aguirre, uh, and Bobby Washington. Um, and, you know, to me, like when you watch the tape of Marcellius, he won't necessarily blow you away as an athlete in terms of lateral ability, in terms of playing in space, but he can be a, a downhill middle backer. And I think the thing that he brings to the table that is missing most at Miami's linebacker position group on the roster right now is his size. And he is willing to thump you. He is a, a physical linebacker. And right now, you know, Miami's linebacker group isn't the most physical bunch. So I'm okay with it. It was a little bit of out of left field. Um, 
But to me, this just speaks to what this staff views its linebacker group as, you know, they, they view it as a situation where we got to throw numbers at it and play the probability game of, Hey, hopefully two of these commits uh, at least can hit. Um, Let's move on to the next guy that committed over the weekend too. This was Sunday. And this has kind of been hinting for a while. We thought maybe he might pop, uh, what, like maybe Wednesday or Thursday. Got pushed back to Sunday. But this is uh, defensive tackle Joshua Horton, uh, who Miami flipped from a North Carolina pledge. He uh, hails from Langston Hughes High School in Fairburn, Georgia. Six foot five, 290 pounds. He's been credited with 105 tackles, nine tackles for loss, and three sacks this season. Plays for a very good team. And Gabby, he is the first defensive tackle, right, in this class. Um, What's your take on this uh, commitment for Miami's class? Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think, again, you look at the size and, uh, you know, six foot four, 290 pounds. Uh, Again, I think it needs to look a certain way on the line of scrimmage. and. Miami hasn't necessarily landed a ton of these types of dudes over the past couple cycles, right? I mean, it feels like Leonard Taylor was the be- the last like big, big time, you know, interior defensive lineman that the that Miami has been able to add via the high school ranks. And Josh Horton, you know, has the ideal size. I think he has the athleticism. I think when you watch him on tape, I think you can, you know, it feels like when he's kind of going, the the, the motor can kind of run hot. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about it. I know Miami's really excited about it. This is someone that they kind of identified earlier, you know, kind of in the fall. And I think once they kind of picked it up there, it felt like they had an in and uh, it seems like they kind of just really, really attacked it. Joe Salavea was quickly uh, at Langston Hughes to, to evaluate Horton in person. I think it was like the day after he was offered, um, you know, they got him down to Miami for that Duke game, David. I know you kind of saw him there and it was a very hush hush situation. Um right. So, you know, they were able to just kind of constantly make those progressions. And then, you know, here in December, able to kind of fully do the flip. It seems like they went in home with him uh, probably, I guess, maybe on Saturday Saturday or sometime on Sunday to kind of maybe seal the deal there. So uh, I, I think you look at that photo, too, and I think you can see that Josh Horton is, is a guy with some size and, you know, a frame that could probably you could probably throw on you know, some weight and, you know, he can still maybe hold on to some of that athleticism. So, and then it's obviously, you know, of course, it's always exciting to to flip someone. North Carolina just played for an ACC championship on Saturday. Uh, these are recruiting matchups that matter because you're essentially pulling a talented uh, defensive lineman from uh, a conference right. rival, not really a division rival anymore because that's all dead, but a team that's going to constantly be competing for ACC championships. So um, I think it's a, it's a big win for Miami on the recruiting trail. And I, I'm excited about you know, the idea of Josh Horton and uh, I know people in Coral Gables are definitely eager to, to get their hands on him. Yeah. It's another example of a big frame that can be developed as you mentioned. And again, you know, on the line of scrimmage, you know, Mario Cristobal very much, and it's the way it should be. He believes that things have to look a certain part. So look, look a certain way. So you don't want a room full of six foot one defensive tackles with T-Rex arms. Uh, Josh Horton definitely is not that he has a wingspan of about six foot 10. So he's got the size, he's got the length on top of the size. And, uh, you know, again, he's a developmental guy, which most line of scrimmage players are, um, 
but these are the types of guys you have to stack class after class after class to be impactful on the line of scrimmage. Um, so Miami picked up two commitments. They're now at uh, 22 commitments, I believe, in this 2023 class. They currently rank eighth in the country, uh, according to the 24-7 sports team recruiting rankings. Um, before we jump into who could be next to commit, Gabby, I also want to touch on uh, you were out at a high school game over the weekend. It's it's the playoffs here in the state of Florida. And I believe what it's the semi it was the semifinal round yeah. over the weekend. And you were out checking out uh, American Heritage playing Jacksonville Bulls, correct? Yeah. Um, and you, you know, Heritage, of course, has a few guys that Miami fans would be interested in from a recruiting perspective. Run down what you learned while you were out there. Yeah, uh, definitely a few different things. And of course, listeners to of the podcast know that American Heritage is home to uh, you know, blue chip cornerback Damari Brown, uh, running back Mark Fletcher, who's obviously a top Miami target, and then Ohio State commit Brandon Innes. Um, well, I'll start with Damari Brown. It sounds like a decision is coming on December 21st. He dropped a top four a few weeks ago now, I believe, that had Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and Alabama in it. He told me it's essentially just Alabama and Miami who are battling it out for that commitment with a decision likely coming again on the first day of that early signing period, which is on December 21st. Uh, Miami had a, represent a few representatives on the sideline, Jamal Day, uh, Adai, uh, Josh Gaddis was there, Kevin Smith was there. Um, and I know my, I know my uh, Alabama didn't have a, a representative there. So I think that that's kind of interesting. Um, but, you know, it seems like Miami's really doing everything that they kind of can there. Uh, noted that Nick Saban might be coming into his living room. And I think that that's always a situation that, you know, can be very uh, impressive and obviously a big moment uh, to have one of, pro oh, I'm not going to say one of, uh, I'm going to say probably the best college football coach. Uh, of all time, just kind of telling you he wants you from, uh, you know, at your home. Uh, so I think that's definitely something to watch out for. Um, in terms of Miami, I think he's feeling kind of, you know, the love from them. I do think he naturally has some concerns just because of the season. He was in the stands for three losses, three of those, you know, pretty bad losses, which we've talked about here before, David. I think he was there for like uh, Middle Tennessee, for North Carolina, for Florida State. Uh, you know, not great games to kind of take in as a recruit, but Miami definitely doing everything that they can there. So, uh, definitely a situation I'm monitoring. He did, again, he did say Florida State was out, but I think there's a feeling, uh, you know, that Florida State is kind of still lingering. They did have someone uh, there as well. Um, so Damari Brown, of course, is one of the top targets there. Uh, Mark Fletcher, we can pivot to him. Uh, it seems like Florida State, and I mean, Florida and Miami are the two schools that have kind of been, that he's been linked to since backing off of an Ohio State commitment. I think that there's a feeling around American heritage around the program that Florida is probably best positioned at this point. But I think there's also kind of the understanding that there is so much time left and that Miami is aggressively pursuing Fletcher. And he did, you know, while acknowledging he did grow up a huge fan of the program and his family is all Miami fans, all those types of things. And again, I think Miami is doing their part in terms of doing what they have to do to recruit him. But you know, I also think on the flip side, there is kind of like the the intrigue of the SEC, of that college kind of environment, small town, you know, on the on-campus stadium, the, you know, Saturday kind of feel in, in the swamp that I think is very attractive for him too. Like, I don't think it's wise to rule out Mario Cristobal down this final stretch. And again, especially considering 
you know, the people that are that are recruiting him and the way that they're recruiting him. But I do think I would probably lean Florida if a decision was was being made today. Um, Kevin Smith was there and, you know, it seems like that is kind of his top running back target at the high school level. One school, one thing he did mention, which I think is going to be something to watch here, David. And I know this is always the kind of the curveball. It was the the whole Jackson State Deion Sanders deal, uh, not really tied to an HBCU anymore. And you know the big block J logo that everyone's afraid of. Now it's Colorado. Now he's at a Power Five program. And Mark Fletcher did mention that he was he did field at least a phone call from Deion Sanders before it was announced that he was going to Colorado. He said he didn't know what school he was recruiting him to, but Deion Sanders is on the phone. And I do think it's worth noting that these American Heritage players cannot enroll early because of the way the school is. So if he wanted to push back to February and sign in February in early February, I, I think that's something that's still potentially on the table. I'm not sure if that's the plan right now, but, uh, you know, I think that's something that could always make it interesting. Uh, same goes for Brandon Innes, uh, you know, kind of locked in with Ohio State. Uh, Brian Hartline was there on the sidelines. He's another one that I, he told Andrew Ivins of 24-7 Sports that he is probably going to sign in February because he wants to make sure we'll just kind of see how all the dust settles. Of course, Hartline was tied to Cincinnati for that head coaching vacancy, which has since been filled by Scott Satterfield. I just think because of he was at one point an Oklahoma commit, you know, pledged to Lincoln Riley, kind of saw how quickly that all changed and how he ended up at USC. I think it's kind of more of him being like, I can't be there in January anyway, so kind of might as well just wait till February. So um, I know Miami's still kind of chipping away there. I think he mentioned Alabama as well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, Mario Cristobal just continue to kind of chip away. And again, not saying him pushing to February is better or worse for Miami, but all I do, what I do know is that if he is uh, available in like throughout the month of it's January, that recruiting, yeah, I think, I think uh, Mario Cristobal being hyper-focused on Brandon Innes for an extra month with maybe not a ton of targets on the board uh, would definitely be interesting to watch. So I think him pushing back uh, to the original, the, you know, traditional national signing day could potentially be something that, uh, you know, Miami fans uh, should be aware of or maybe be excited about, or I don't know what the situation or how that unfold. I think the feeling is that he's very much locked in with Ohio state, but uh, I do think that would make for some fun, uh, some fun conversations over the next month or so. So Miami did pick up two commitments over the weekend. Who do you think like, you know, if you're putting two or three names out there in terms of who could be next to commit, you know, at this point, I think if you're a big timer, you're probably just waiting till the early signing period because it's three weeks away or so now. Um, but who are you monitoring or who would you throw out there as like, all right, keep an eye on these two or three guys as maybe who could be next to commit to Miami? Who do you feel good about? Yeah, you know, I'm I think I'm kind of I never threw in the crystal ball when it kind of got rolling in the summer, but I I do think that Miami is still very much in position to pick up a signature from Samsonock and Lola, the five-star offensive lineman. Uh there's been the chatter of Florida and Ohio State and all that stuff and maybe he goes and takes visits here and there, but I do think the feeling around um you know, just the industry and all that stuff is that Miami is, you know, it, it is potentially the place where he is going to end up. I'm feeling better about that even now, just kind of even weathering some of these storms. So Samson Lola is someone I would probably put in that category of next to commit. Um, a couple other names I'm monitoring, uh, Conrad Hussey, who is a Penn State commit, a safety from Fort Lauderdale, St. Thomas Aquinas. Jamal Day was at 
St. Thomas Aquinas on Friday, watched the first half of that game before making it to Plantation American Heritage for the second half of DeMarty Brown's game. Uh, definitely likes Conrad Hussey. Um, and I think that's someone that Miami has traction with. I think that's something that, you know, we've kind of been hinting at, reporting at over mm-hmm. over the last week or so. So I definitely think that that's a name to watch. And again, maybe some, you know, these could all potentially be uh, early signing day kind of deals. But another name I'm watching is Jermaine Matthews. I mean, he's a he's an Ohio State commit uh, from the state of Ohio. Uh, Jamal Dye went to Ohio, went in home with him on Sunday Sounds like he's going to take an official visit to Miami the final weekend before the early signing period. He is a December signee. I believe he's a January enrollee. Uh, I do think that Miami's kind of making a move here, and it sounds like he's pretty excited and, uh, you know, definitely open and about about the Hurricanes and, and that whole situation. So that's one situation that I'm monitoring. Of course, you know, we've heard cornerback and we've heard Damari Brown and we've heard Jakeen Jackson. And, uh, you know, those types of names. I think Jermaine Matthews is someone that's very valued in Coral Gables. And I think that's someone that they're actively trying to flip from the Buckeyes, which, again, Miami's already flipped one from Michigan, a college football playoff contender or, you know, participant, Ohio State, another. Uh, So I think that would be great optically for the program as well, just kind of pulling guys away from from programs who who really wanted them. Ryan Day went in home with them, too. So uh, obviously a couple others, the Ruben Baines, Mari Browns, Jakeen Jackson, the Florida commit. Those are a couple I had in mind, but. Uh, those are three that I'm kind of looking at right now. All right, good stuff. And as always, um, Gabby does great work on InsideTheU.com. It's a hot time now, so I would suggest uh, you take advantage of all this information he drops on the website on a daily basis. Um, I believe uh, we have a 50% off deal um, going right now. Um, an annual subscription so if y'all want to jump on board now it's a good time to do that it's an exciting time with the transfer portal now open and we will dig into that on the other side when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we are back. Gabby, the portal is open. Uh, chaos has ensued. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't really want to talk much about the departures uh, unless, you know, some significant names enter. And to this point, you know, uh, I would say that hasn't necessarily been the case, but to this point, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players have officially entered the portal for Miami as of noon on Monday. Jalen Harrell, Keyshawn Smith, Thad Franklin, Elijah Roberts, Keyshawn Washington, 
Alan Hay, Al Blades Jr., Gilbert Frierson, all good guys. Wish them all the best. Uh, this is why the portals get, uh, you know, they probably weren't going to have big roles at Miami. Now they have the ability to go uh, play a bigger role somewhere else. So best of luck to them. Hopefully they ball out uh, at their next stop. Uh, but from an acquisition standpoint, Gabby, uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I think Miami's going to be aggressive. Uh, I think they're going to be aggressive at really every position. Uh, but where I wanted, where I want to start this conversation, Gabby, is with the offense. And you know, let's just assume because I I've put on the message board a couple times now over the past month or so that there is a vibe around the program that is pretty confident that Tyler Van Dyke is going to return as the quarterback. Um, And I think that's a good thing. That's my opinion. I'm a Tyler Van Dyke fan. I think he has talent, Uh, but I do think it was clear this year that he does need help around him. The skill talent needs to be raised. And I do think, whether it's a depth issue or a straight up talent issue on the offensive line, that position group needs to be addressed as well. Um, because I do think it's fair to say um, when Tyler Van Dyke has time to operate and he has receivers that can get open, he can be a very good quarterback. Um, and so that's where I want to start the conversation on the offensive side of the ball. And I really want to start with wide receiver. Um, because I, Tim, if I'm Miami, I'm going and trying to get two, maybe even three. And I'm focusing on outside receivers because I feel fairly good about the slot position. You know, if, if Tyler Van Dyke returns, Xavier Restrepo going to be here too. Um, I think Brashard Smith showed signs of taking steps forward during the course of the season. Then I think they got some talented guys coming in as true freshmen and Nathaniel Joseph, who's a straight up slot receiver and Robbie Washington, who can play both outside and in the slot. So I would want to focus on the outside and you have a good article up going, you name, I don't know, 20 to 30 transfer portal guys on both sides of the ball that fans need to know about, but I want to start at receiver. And I'm curious, Gabby, you know, of these names or maybe of names that entered this morning, before or after, sorry, you published this article. I'm curious, like who of these names interest you the most at receiver right now? Yeah, we're talking outside receivers. I think that one that definitely stands out is Treshawn Holden, who's an Alabama, an Alabama transfer originally from the Kissimmee, Orlando area. Uh, I mean, again, we're talking about size and, you know, ideal measurements, six foot three, 214 pounds. And production that matches it with 40, 46 catches, 570 yards, seven touchdowns over the last two seasons at college football is, you know, one of their the most premier programs out there. So uh, Treshawn Holden is definitely, to me, a very enticing option. Uh, again, just kind of considering where he's been and what he's been able to do while he's there. Um, another one, David, that I think you really like, uh, Grant Dubose, uh, Dubois. I don't know. Did I, did I just ditch the, the Dubois? Maybe I did. <laughs> um uh, just, I think he's one of the, maybe the most intriguing outside group of five options 
Uh, again, has had the ideal size, six foot three, 200 pounds, over, nearly 1,700 yards, 15 touchdowns over the past two seasons. I think he could potentially be a really good outside option. And another one that I'm looking at, uh, one that maybe, you know, kind of makes sense as a former Mario Cristobal signee, Dante Thornton. He, I think he's officially uh, in the transfer portal as, you know, by the time you're listening to this podcast, as of the recording of this podcast, he entered he officially entered the portal. Six foot five, 200 pounder. I think he was a former top 100 recruit out of the Baltimore area. And Mario Cristobal played him in all 14 games uh, in his true freshman campaign back in 2021. So I think those are three really, really exciting, maybe outside type of, of, of weapons that, uh, you know, I think uh, would definitely add some, some more juice, some more, you know, size and speed and all those different types of things, high level production on the outside for, for Tyler Van Dyke as a, you know, obviously like you mentioned, David, he needs some weapons. I think we've seen, he can be, uh, you know, a, 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 one of the best arms out there, at least in the ACC uh, when he has a guy to kind of throw the ball to. So you, you load him up with a couple, I think it, I think we could see some fireworks in 2023 from TBD. I'll be honest. I'm interested in, and I like all these guys you named. I do think one, at least one of these outside receivers they bring in, I think they need to be proven, if that makes yeah. sense. So you mentioned a couple that, you know, are not quite as productive, maybe. I mean, the talent's there, but the production hasn't matched the talent, maybe. Um, so I, I do think one of these guys needs to be a guy who at least has produced yeah. At the college level, one guy who hit what, I don't know, late Sunday night that I think is interesting is Dante Cephas at Kent state. Yeah. So he's a group of five guy, um, over 2000 yards, uh, at the college level for Kent state. Yeah. Um, you know, I just think there's something to guys that produce. Um, you don't have to cross your fingers and hope it works out. You mentioned Grant DuBose. I think he falls into that category as a guy who's produced. Again, it's at the group of five level, but he's produced. I'd even say that about Andrew Armstrong, who's the six foot six FCS yeah. transfer. Yes, sure. it's the FCS level, but he caught 62 passes for 1,020 yards. So, you know, I would hope Miami gets at least one of these type of guys. And then you kind of fill it in with, you know, like you mentioned, a Treshawn Holden, who I think has produced a little bit. Um, but if he was productive, he wouldn't be transferring from Alabama. Right. right? Uh, and that doesn't mean he can't produce at Miami. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm just saying there's a little bit more of a question mark there. Dante Thornton, six foot five, 200 pounder, Mario Cristobal recruit at Oregon. Talent's there, but there's a bit of a question mark there in terms of uh, production. So, um, and look, I think too, if you look at the guys coming back on the outside, I think Colby Young can be a very, very good high-level wide receiver too um, next year. So that's that's a good place to start. And, uh, you know, I just... I hope they go out and get a guy that has produced and there's no real question marks because I think that would benefit this offense. How about running back? Um, that's an interesting position group to me Definitely. too, because I do think we saw this year, they need some size um, and, and their size 
was taken away due to unfortunate injuries to Trevante Citizen and Don Chaney Jr. during fall camp. But, uh, you know, as the season progressed, whether it was losing fumbles or um, little injuries during the course of the season to uh, Henry Parrish and Jalen Knighton, you know, look, in my opinion, they're both good backs, but they're both kind of complementary backs, uh, 5'10", 190-pound backs. Uh, I think Miami needs to go get a back that's 205-plus pounds. You mentioned a couple guys in your article uh, that are worth knowing. Who are those players? Yeah, two backs I found. that I, I mean, I guess on the front end, I just want to mention this. I don't know if Miami's – Running right. back target has emerged in the transfer portal yet. These are two names that I just kind of found that, you know, I think could potentially make sense and all that stuff. But I don't know if like the guy for Miami there has emerged yet. I think that could be said about a lot of positions, but just yeah. want to, I don't want people to get caught up in these names and kind of circle them and, you know, kind of think that these are the dudes. I think these are just a couple worth uh, exploring. Definitely. Uh, the first one is LJ Johnson. Uh, he was a top 50 prospect in the class of 2021 out of the state of Texas. Um, a Texas A&M transfer, five foot 10, 205 pounds. David kind of fits the bill, the mold of, of what you were just kind of mentioning. And he owns a four, a four, four, two forty. Uh, so, you know, definitely has the verified speed. And I think he did that as a youngster too. I think he was a sophomore, I believe when he, when he rattled off that time. So I think it's impressive, you know, given the size and the frame and he, you know, he does still have some of that, that natural speed. So LJ Johnson is definitely, I'm very uh, intrigued by him, honestly. Yeah. Uh, the production isn't there with him because he exactly. hasn't really played. And I think my, my read on it is the pass protection wasn't up to the level that Jimbo likes, which is important, but uh, I think he's a very talented guy. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I don't think that you can deny that the talents there. Uh, the second one I, I threw out there, Cavassier smoke. Uh, he's, he Elite was kind name. of, yeah, really seriously sick name. So uh, that reason alone gets him some swag points and got him on this list. Uh, uh, maybe a little, I mean, still kind of, you know, packs a punch, five foot nine, 206 pounds, has played a lot of SEC football, kind of played a complimentary role to Chris, Chris Rodriguez, uh, who was a big time SEC running back for Kentucky. But he did get a chance to kind of, you know, get his feet wet at times, uh, average 6.3 yards per carry. Uh, in some opportunities, definitely was productive. I think uh, earlier this year, he took 14 carries for 80 yards against Florida with uh, Rodriguez kind of out. So, uh, And then in 2021, he did have a 100-yard game against LSU. So uh, I don't know if this is, you know, the running back one type that you're looking for, but if it's about right. you know, adding depth, adding quality depth, a guy that can give you uh, some some carries and, uh, you know, ease the load off of a Henry Parrish or someone else. I think Cavassier smoke is a, is a, is a, is a pretty good option. And I do think that he's an interesting one, David. I know, I don't know if you want to throw out a, a name yourself, because I know that there is a G five running back uh, that's in the transfer portal that you kind of like. Yeah. And it's random. And honestly, just, he probably is more of a fit in the big Ted just because of where he's from, but his name is Carson Steele played at ball state. Uh I believe he's from the state of Indiana as well, uh, but highly productive. Six foot one, 215 pounds, ran for 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns this year, uh, averaged over four yards per carry after contact, which is elite, uh, forced 94 missed tackles 
on the year, which I believe was the second most in college football. Um, last year as a true freshman ran for 886 yards. So he's a guy that runs angry. I think he is a running back one wherever he lands at the power five level. And again, I'm not sure Miami would even necessarily right. be considered from his perspective, but if I'm Miami, I'm kicking the tires on that situation because that guy could be RB one immediately. And uh, yeah, to me, he's the best available running back so far in the portal. Um, and then the other, the other position group, I think to touch on in terms of like, look, the offense was trash this year, but the portal gives you an opportunity to significantly upgrade the talent, which was a big part of the problem. Not the only part, pretty much everything went wrong on the offensive yeah. side of the ball this year. Uh, but if we're just strictly talking about upgrading the talent, um, offensive line, I think whether it's a depth perspective, cause yes, they did get slammed by injuries. Um, but that's why you got to build depth. Uh, who are some names to know on the offensive line? Because I do think I, I, it's a deeper group already than I kind of expected in terms of quality offensive linemen hitting the portal. Yeah. I, I think the first name that Miami fans are going to need to know is JV on Cohen. He's the Alabama transfer started 25 games for the Crimson Tide. I think it was pretty surprising that he hit the portal, but you know, I think he's kind of a, an interior type of body. Uh, graded out very well, 80.5 pass blocking, 68.9 run blocking grade. Um, I mean, really just kind of a, a, a very, you know, again, productive kind of proven uh, lineman that, you know, Miami could obviously use and need. And I fully expect them, of course, I mean, like more like many other programs, I think he's going to be potentially one of the hottest, uh, you know, offensive linemen in the portal this, you know. I um, So I like him, right? Uh -huh. Let me say that on the front end. Miami, if they can get them, Miami should take them all day. But I do think, for me, I think if if your offensive line is right, and I don't even know if he's willing to, to play this because he's primarily played guard at Alabama, I would want him to play center if he's able to play center. Six foot four, three hundred five pounds. He's he's more of an elite pass blocker at this stage. He's kind of regarded by Alabama people is not the most physical run blocker. And so, you know, again, I would take them all day long at Miami. Can't be too picky with offensive line right now. Um, but to me, the best fit for him would be center. Yeah. I mean, random, I feel like random thought, but go no, on. no, I mean, I think that's totally, I think that's totally fair. And I mean, that brings that, that can just easily transition to me, transition into another name. Uh, Drake Nugget is a Stanford transfer. Uh, he was the sixth highest graded center in the country in 2022. And again, I think that the center position, David, like to your point can be, it, I think it can be upgraded. Uh, you know, uh, Ja'Kai Clark was the, uh, was the center for the most part until he kind of got injured. And then it was kind of by committee after that with Jonathan Dennis. Uh, I think Usman Treor was in there at some point. Um, I do think that, uh, you know, potentially bringing in another center is something Miami could potentially explore. I think great uh, Drake Nugent is a, is one of those guys again? Uh, Mario Cristobal, I believe, would be pr plenty familiar with him as a as a Pac-12 guy. We saw him go out and grab some Pac-12 transfers. Um, 
five of them, I believe, last cycle between Caleb Johnson, Mitchell Gude, Jake Lichtenstein, uh, Jonathan Dennis, Logan Sagapolo. Uh, so I think uh, that's obviously a conference that Coach Cristobal knows well. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Nugent was someone that was on their board. And then another one, I guess, is Jake Renfro, right, out of Cincinnati. He's yeah. another quality center. I, again, I would assume for all these offensive linemen, the competition will be fierce. Yeah. One more uh, name. One more name. I'll throw. Out, I, I kind of want to throw out there. Yeah. Uh, Bram Walden. He's a. He was a, a top. A consensus top 100 talent uh, out of the state of Arizona in the class of 2021. He signed with Oregon. He hasn't gotten a ton of burn in Eugene. He's in the transfer portal. I think he's a. He's listed at six foot four, uh, 303 pounds or something like that. I could see Mario Cristobal, you know, potentially circling back on that again. We saw him kind of pick at Oregon guys uh, when he came mm-hmm. over here. Uh, you know, obviously last cycle and I can see him maybe, I think some of those kickbacks are are obviously going to just be interesting to watch. I don't know that definitely they're going to go after these types of guys, but I, that, that's one situation that I could see Mario Cristobal, Cristobal being like, you know, we got you over there. Let's try it again here in Coral Gables. Yep. So it'll be interesting. I, I There's going to be plenty of opportunities to uh, land guys in the portal that can uh, make impacts immediately one guy who entered the portal just before we uh, started recording was Clemson wide receiver EJ Williams, who probably more of a slot receiver, or at least he was this year. But I think he has the capability to play on the outside too. But he's a quality player. Um, and a little bit of a tangent here too, Gabby. I'm interested to see how the ACC holds up in this transfer portal era because yeah. – uh, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC are conferences that I think it's fair to say as a whole, they're just more serious about football than the ACC. Um, and you're seeing guys like Devin Leary entering the transfer portal. Um, Brennan Armstrong entering the transfer portal. Uh, so if these quality quarterbacks leave the ACC, you know, that's good. That's just going to be interesting in terms of the conference landscape, how things are handled. Um, defensively. I'm curious, like what, what is your read on like the most important position group or position to land in the portal? For me, it would be corner. And I don't think it's really that close. Do you agree with that? Or would you go with a dip? I guess linebacker, there's a case to be made too there, of course, but yeah, I think that the, I think a case could be made for for a linebacker. I think you can I think you can continue to make a case for you know the defensive line and continue to stack continuing to stack talent there again. I think that was a an, an improved unit, obviously, but I still don't know if it got to the point got to where exactly Miami would have liked it to be at points of the the 2022 season. But I think corner might have the most intriguing names in it right now. Like I think that like I'm looking at like the corner talent in the portal. And yeah. I'm just kind of like, you know, there, there's some fun dudes in there. So for a lot of reasons, you know, I would, I would, I would agree that corner is a, is def- is one of those spots. Uh, I do think there's, there's need all over the, you know, the defense, just considering the, the performance overall, but uh, you know, corner had definitely like, I'm looking through the names here and even some of the ones that entered here on uh here on Monday morning. And uh, there, there's definitely some excitement to, to be had there. Tell us about some. Who's who's the first one that jumps out to you? Yeah, I mean one of the I mean one of the 
one of my favorite names. I mean, again, not really a, pro- a production guy, but I think someone that is pretty exciting. Uh, JQ Hardaway at Cincinnati. Uh, he was a form, you know, Under Armour All-American who signed with the Bearcats. Uh, six foot three, I think, believe 200 pounds. I think uh, the 247 sports uh, people that are ranking the portal guys already, like, yeah, at one point he was the highest ranked portal player. I think he's like a top 10 ranked player in the portal. I think they slapped like a, a 93 grade on him. So I think he's someone that could generate some interest. Uh, Denver Harris, I mean, obviously mm. things didn't go super well in te- at Texas A&M with him, and he did get himself in, in some trouble. Culture stuff. Yeah, culture stuff. But, I mean, man, I – they don't they don't make cornerback prospects um you know like Denver Harris every day. Yeah, he's super extremely highly talented. Uh Fred Davis is a kid that you know played at Clemson for a long time, was a high-level recruit um out of Jacksonville. He's a name that I think Miami fans are pretty familiar with. I think he could potentially be an interesting uh, you know, kind of addition, I guess, or just person who could potentially, you know, just compete as a veteran. Depth. Yeah, and then Devontae Brown is another. I mean, Miami's recruiting his younger brother, Damari Brown, someone we mentioned earlier in the podcast. Played like 700 snaps for UCF this fall. I think he has over 1,800 career snaps uh, at UCF. I think that that's potentially one that can make sense. I will say I was trading messages with Devontae, you know, just earlier, right before the, the recording of this podcast. He told me that Miami he had not heard anything from Miami yet. So, um, you know, again, I do think that there are still going to be a lot of names kind of circling in here. And, uh, you know, just because they're in the portal right now doesn't mean that that's necessarily who Miami's expecting to be there, you know, over the course of this 45-day window. This is just day one of 45, right. so still a long way to go here. A lot of more names will emerge, and, uh, you know, again, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, Devontae is intriguing to me because of the Damari factor. Um, you could package deal that. They're also, of course, um, the son of Selwyn Brown, both of them. Uh, who's a former hurricane and Devonte actually, he took an official visit to Miami as a high school recruit. So Miami tried to get him as a high school recruit, decided to go to UCF and he's played over 1800 snaps there. Uh, got good length, six foot two, 185. So to me, that makes some sense um, as a guy who could compete for a starting corner job. How about linebacker? Because that is a position where obviously Miami has some holes. Um, who are the most interesting names to you at linebacker right now? Yeah, I think maybe the most interesting, I, I mean, I guess it just depends if I don't really know if he's considered a linebacker, I guess he's kind of maybe more of an edge guy. Uh, Desan McCullough, who's at, he was at Indiana. He was like a top 50 recruit um, coming out of high school. He, he, the only thing is that his dad is Notre Dame's running backs coach. I think that that's where he could potentially end up. Uh, but he was pretty productive at Indiana as a freshman. Uh, another who I think could potentially be interesting is Ish Harris. He's a Tex- another Texas A&M transfer was a kind of a really productive running back out of the state, out of the Lone Star state coming out. Miami kind of flirted with him um, at one point of that 2021 cycle. Um, or that 2022 cycle, but it just never kind of came to fruition. I think he had a close relationship with Ishmael Aristide, who's now at Duke. Um, but it would be interesting to see if Miami kind of goes that direction. There's a linebacker at Nebraska. Oh, he was in Nebraska, Ernest Hausman. I didn't I didn't write his name down just because I wasn't really sure how much interest there was from Miami's end. But I think again, he he was a he he started playing some really good football for the Cornhuskers uh, as the year kind of went on, and he's a he's definitely a bigger body. I think floating around that you know, six, three, 220 pound range. So another potential body type that I think is getting, generating some, uh, 
some transfer portal interest. And I think the the guys at 247 Sports have ranked him pretty well. And on the D-line, you mentioned a bunch of names. Give us the one name you want to touch on. on yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, uh, let's go with Tunmis Adelaide. Uh, he's an Texas A&M transfer, 6'4", 290-pounder. I think the feeling is, again, that he's going to kind of be a highly sought-after dude. Uh, played in just 64 snaps, and then he had a, a this past year. He was starting at the beginning of the year, but then suffered a season-ending injury, never really got back on the field, then hit the portal. But, uh, you know, again, a big SEC-looking body type, again, 6'4", 290, um, that, yeah, again, I think just kind of checks a lot of boxes. Uh, he was another high-level recruit out of the state of Texas as well. So I, I think that uh, Tunmi Adelaide is going to is, – is definitely maybe one of the more intriguing uh, defensive linemen in the transfer portal right now. I agree. I think he's a guy that would make a lot of sense and kind of fits the profile of what uh, Mario Cristobal would be looking for um, on the defensive line. So – Good article on InsideTheU.com for Gabby. Go check it out. It's VIP, uh, but a lot of names to know. And and really, I think every day, Gabby's just writing articles about, hey, these are some names to know that enter the portal that entered the portal today. So um, he's on top of it. It'll be interesting. I would expect at least 10 additions in the portal for Miami. I would probably guess close to 15. Um, which is how you flip the roster in the modern day. So it's going to be a busy 45 days. As Gabby said, today is only day one. Um, and we'll see how it all transpires. So appreciate everyone for listening. Um, you know, if, if breaking news happens, we will definitely deliver some instant reaction podcasts, but, um, now that we're kind of in the off-season mode, one, maybe two podcasts a week will be the rhythm of shows um, from now until spring football, I guess. So appreciate everyone for listening. And uh, until next time, take care.